famous. It's famous first times. You've tuned into the podcast about shagging. Yeah, that's what you tuned in for, you dirty bastards. Dirty bastards, lawyer. Why, why, why are you listening to this? They're only teenagers, usually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right, you're in good company. Me and Ian are pervs as well. I'm Dom. I'm Ian. And uh, this is Famous First Times. Let's listen to some shagging stories. Yeah, this is episode one of the new series of Famous First Times. You know what it is. It's Famous First Times, Famous People's First Shags. Or thereabouts. So let's kick off. Noddy Holder. Noddy Holder, Dom. So today we're doing Noddy Holder. And I'm fucking ecstatic I got this. I didn't even know he'd written an autobiography. It is amazing that it exists. It came out in 2000. And 2000 is the best era for any autobiography. Because it's just after lad culture. Britpop loaded magazine was at its pomp. And it was just before everyone started getting cancelled for shit. So pop stars and rock stars can write with impunity about shit and they'll make it up to try and live up to Loaded. And we've got some good shit in this. It proved correct. But they didn't know. They didn't know what had happened. Everything had get digitised and the world had come back to analyse their fleeting thoughts. <laughs> Not the world, just two, two dickheads from Manchester. Um, what, what do you think of Noddy? What do you think of Noddy Older as a man? Not about his music, as a man. Uh, I think he's all right, you know. I think a mm. um, vuncular fella, isn't he? Yeah. Um, seems like he'd be a bit of a laugh, like probably, you know, blow raspberries on your belly in pub <laughs> and um, just downing pints in one, like, all the <laughs> time. What about, what about his music? What about Slade, the band? Do you like them? Um, some good tunes, yeah. Um it's weird because no one really respects glam music. They respect Bowie and T-Rex, but all the other glam bands just seem a bit of a joke Yeah, because yeah. they're just all dressed daft. But yeah, there's some, some great tunes. Can yeah. I feel the noise? Yeah, I agree. Uh, my oh my. Because I love you. Yeah, classics. What do you think about his sex life as a pop star in Slade? What do you think he got up to? What do you think he was like? Think he got much action? I don't know of any pop star that hasn't taken advantage of groupies. Um, He's not your classic looking hunk though, is he, Noddy? No, but most of them ugly rock stars from 70s were rolling in fanny, weren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Even Phil Collins got a bit. So, yeah, he would have probably been getting off with people left, right and centre, I reckon. Okay, so this first little story is when he's 15... This is from his autobiography, Who's Crazy Now? And it was published in the year 2000. When I was 15, I started to go into Soho on my own. Everyone back home talked about the sex shops there. And I wanted to go take a look. I was too young to get in any of them. And too frightened to try. But I walked around peering in all the windows. Soho really was the strip capital of Britain in those days. (laughs) We had no equivalent in the Midlands I couldn't believe it when I got in there Women were just standing in doorways Asking any bloke who walked by What they wanted 
There were strip clubs in Birmingham, but no real red light district. It was a different world to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's young Noddy going around yeah. checking out women in Soho, in sex shops. Opened his eyes. I can't believe it. Look at all the boobs. <laughs> so Noddy started bands up when he was pretty young. When he was 18, 19, he went over to Germany playing gigs over there. I do like Beatles style playing gigs pretty much every night. So this is his story about doing that. In Frankfurt, the six of us were sharing a flat in the centre of town. It was where all the visiting bands stayed. <laughs> One lot would move in for a month and then move out on the day that the next lot arrived. The combination of our newfound independence and the rock and roll lifestyle was lethal. It was debauchery from the start to finish. We just drank, played and shagged as much as we wanted with a few pills to keep our energy levels up. Then we spent our day sleeping or trying to recover from the night before. The German women were all over us. <laughs> they loved English bands. I think all of us pulled on the first night. The extracurricular activities of the music business back home was a teddy bear's picnic compared to what went on in Germany. Thank God. <laughs> the only problem was that we were all spending more than we made. We pissed it all up the wall or wasted it on women or gambling. After a couple of weeks, a guy who worked at the club noticed our predicament and offered us a way of making some extra cash. He was into all sorts of unusual pastimes. I was only ever involved in one of them. And it was only once, honestly, when I was totally skint. What he liked to do was lie in the bath under a glass sheet and get young lads like us to shit on him. <laughs> I'll pay you a whole week's wage if you do eat, he told us. So I did. It wasn't an enjoyable experience by any means, but I was broke and starving. Besides, it could have been a lot worse. I think I just convinced myself that I had to crap somewhere and got on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Can you believe that from Noddy Older? It astonished me when I fucking come across that. That's how it's one of his fucking Saturday jobs. <laughs> shitting on men, shitting on men in bath under glass. He only did it once, honestly. <laughs> honestly. If you'd have done that ever in your life, you wouldn't put that in your book, would you? I'd be pretty quiet about that. <laughs> I probably would struggle to keep it to myself. You'd have to get it out, wouldn't you, every so often, blurting it out to a room full of people. <laughs> I used to shit on glass tables. <laughs> so what did he like? Was he sat on them? No, the, the guy was in the bath, lay in the bath, and they put a glass sheet over the bath. Right. And then Noddy crouched on it and, and did a shit. So is it like, was he squishing it into the glass? What do you reckon? I reckon he just kind of plopped it on. I don't think he messed around with it. I don't think he pushed it on him or anything. No, I'm just thinking if you lay on a glass sheet, you like kind of sat with your ass on the. Oh, so it's all. So it's of... like just mushing into oh. your ass cheeks. Oh fucking hell! I don't know, Dominic. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why you're asking me this. <laughs> because we've decided to do a podcast to discuss this. So 
I think he just let it plop from on high and jumped <laughs> off, scuttled off, and then never did it again. I'd, I'd like to think that. I think what you're saying, sadly, might be more closer to the truth. And that he did it and a few times. And this guy in the bath just knocking on the glass going, Smear it! Smear it more! <laughs> <laughs> I've won more shit! <laughs> on surface area! <laughs> I think that that's probably one of the, the wildest stories we've come across in any of these. With anyone we've looked at so far, there's nothing a, well, quite as rough as that. Yeah, and he didn't do it for fun. Did it for money. He, he pimped his fucking ass out, think, pimped his shit out. But do you think he was like laughing about it all night after that or just like years and years of shame? Shame. It wasn't an enjoyable experience by any means. And then he said he had to convince himself that he was he was just having a shit. There's no he's, he's not bragging here. He's not showing off. He's not laughing. Just fucking absolutely brassic. Yeah, and gutted about it all. I'm glad we've got it. I'm fucking well glad we got this one. It's <laughs> all time great. Uh, yeah, let's do the next one. So another tour. This time they're off in Amsterdam. On a trip to Amsterdam, we were booked into an hotel called Thirty Balkan. That was the first time we had stayed there. It was a real nitty-gritty kind of place. Smack bang in the centre of the red light district. It took me back to my days in Frankfurt. We were due to be in Holland for the week and we based ourselves at that hotel the whole time. We had an absolute ball. We'd seen some similar red light areas in Germany, but we'd never really experienced what they were like. We couldn't believe our eyes. The first day we walked around staring at the sex shops. We were amazed at all these women sitting in the windows. We thought it was great. <laughs> the next morning, when we went down to breakfast, all the hookers were there having something to eat. We got chatting to them and they told us about their kids and their lives and how they had to go into prostitution. It was fascinating for us to chat to them about their kids or whatever in the morning and then see them with their tits out in the shop window at night. When we stayed at the hotel a few times, we put them on guest list for our gigs and they'd offered us freebies in return. <laughs> Fucking freebies. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't oh. it? And he's there, man, talking about the kids and how they got into it and, like, paying a bit of a grim story. And then at the end, it's like, two thumbs up, two we thumbs got a lot of freebies. Got a noshed off for nothing. Fucking old modern. How into sex shops and brothels, is he? Well, he's had that formative experience, hasn't he, where he's, like, built it up in his head as this amazing thing and it's, like, a nostalgia trip for yeah. him, isn't it? Yeah, in Soho. But then he's doing it in Frankfurt in Germany, he's doing it in Amsterdam. Yeah, he loves them fucking, shop windows. Fucking loves it, doesn't he? Like, if I'd have told you before, Noddy, really into prostitutes, really into hookers, <laughs> really into hookers and red light areas, that's Noddy's main bag. Maybe you couldn't get groupies. Hmm? Maybe there weren't a lot of glam rock groupies. Well, interesting you say it, because here's where he starts talking about all his groupie action. It's oh, so he did have some. Super famous now. And in all this right. story here, they tour in America. Peak of the fame, and here's what happens. We were taken to the Hyatt Hotel on Sunset Strip, which was where all the really big bands stayed in those days. It was a really famous rock and roll hotel. It was where Led Zeppelin rode motorbikes all up and down the corridors. The place was chaos. All the American groupies hung out there, waiting for whatever new English band was due to arrive. We had never experienced anything like it. 
As soon as we walked through the door, there were literally dozens of girls jumping on us. They greeted every new band like that. We were the latest great white English hopes, so we got the full groupie welcome. We thought, what is this all about? We had been ambushed by female fans before, but we had never known them to be so blatant. They were walking up to us saying, Can I fuck you tonight? We were going, Can we put our bags down first, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about this in an uh, interview earlier this year with The Sun. They were asking about his groupies and touring and stuff, and this is what he says. I always carried a screwdriver and later a full toolkit, so if I had an hour before the gig, I'd fix things. It was quicker than calling down to reception. That way, you can have it all nice for the next person. What the fuck? He's <laughs> <laughs> carrying a screwdriver around, so if he fucking like, smashes some drawers in, he'll put some new ones back up. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, isn't it? I don't know. I think that's made up because it just sounds bollocks. It just sounds nonsense. I don't don't know why. Do you know what? Because this was this year, remember? So he's about 70 odd or something. I think he's playing up to his kind of nice, lovable uncle figure. Yeah. And it, who fixes things. <laughs> and I think he's just playing up to that and made up this shit. Rather than saying, yeah, we fucking shagged loads of groupies. I think he's just making out that he just <laughs> fixed things. But is he saying that he broke it first and then fixed it before he left? Because he knew that he'd get wasted and like smashing a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Just waking up in the morning, go, oh, fucking hell, I fucking smashed everything up. Good job I've got that screwdriver and the fucking wrench. I'll just glue everything back together and put it up. Because I know Freddie Mercury's here tomorrow and he's going to want a nice shelf to put his glass of wine or whatever. <laughs> he does talk about groupies a little bit more. Same interview with The Sun earlier this year. We were a bit uglier and heavier than most of the other bands. Mark Bowling got all the screamers, but we got our fair share. The best bit was always when they'd ask us all round to their parents' house for Sunday lunch. <laughs> the best bit was when they come round to some groupies just shagged, going so to the mum's... Meet me mum. <laughs> and having some tea. 15-year-old girls. <laughs> and 40-year-old Noddy comes in with his big beard. All right. I just met your daughter at the gig. <laughs> Do you mind giving me one of them sausages? There's another bit. He's touring Japan now. These are all touring stories. Uh, just read that first line. Just read that first line, though. The Japs hated Westerners to see anything sleazy about their culture. That whole side of the country was kept very much under cover. After that, he talks about threatening a cab driver that he'll strip him naked and throw him out unless they take him to some sleazy clubs. Then up going to a club watching transvestites do Shirley Bassey covers, and he loves it. What's this fucking? What's that about threatening a taxi driver with a screwdriver? Not with a screwdriver, just that they'd strip him naked. All right, I've still got the image of him with a <laughs> screwdriver, <laughs> screwdriver just fixing shells and then stabbing cabbies <laughs> with. <it. laughs> But yeah, man, what's he doing using racist slurs? This is 2000 as well, 21st century. He should know better than that. But he does show fondness for Japanese people in this next story. I fell in love with Japanese girls when we were over there. I think all of us did. They were great fun. I went out with one in particular. She was sent to me as a present from the bass player in the Faces a Japanese guy called Tetsu, who had taken over from Ronnie Lane. 
She came to my hotel room on the day we arrived in Japan. She knocked on my door and when I opened it, she said, Tetsu sent you a present. I said, yeah, what is it? She said, me. <laughs> that was all she could say. Me, present. She couldn't speak any other words of English. She was beautiful, though. I took her with me on the whole tour. We had a brilliant time, despite the language barrier. Let's just say we worked out a way to communicate. We pointed to things. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was smashing. <laughs> Romance of the century, though. Just, just <laughs> got a present, carried her around on tour, put her in his bag, took her out when, when he needed her. And she go, me, pleasant. And he'd point at things. Well, point. when he said, like, we found out a way to communicate, I'm like, oh, really? I bet you did, like, sexually. But no, she just pointed at shit. <laughs> My instant thought was he's pointing at his dick. He's just <laughs> right. pointing at his dick. She's pointing at her tits. And he's like, all right, honk, honk. <laughs> and then she, he points at his dick and she wanks him off. That's probably the... But no, he probably means sees a nice building and he points at it. Look, look, look it, at that. Yeah. And she just follows his finger and just <laughs> nods at him. Pro- yeah. Let's let's hope that it's that. Yeah, let's that's a nicer way of thinking uh, about it. No, let's hope that it's him just pointing his dick at you <laughs> fucking wanks him off. Right, final story here. But it's a good one. It's another touring story. This time they're in Canada. Once when we were on tour in Canada, I ended up saving two girls' lives. It was on one of our nights off. Swin and I had gone to a bar. We were halfway through a game of pool against a couple of locals when suddenly all the fire alarms went off. Swin and I were going, Doesn't that mean there's a fire? Shouldn't we get out of here? (laughs) The locals said, Don't pay any attention. They're always going off. It's just a cigarette smoke. Five minutes later, there was smoke billowing into the room. The place were going up in flames and we were stuck in this back room. The only way out was straight through the fire. So exciting this, isn't it? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? As I was charging through the flames, I heard screaming coming from the women's toilets. I thought, bloody hell, someone's stuck in there. I couldn't just ignore it. I ran back in and I kicked down the door. There were two girls in there and they couldn't get out. They were terrified. I turned on all the taps soaked the three of us with water and then dragged them outside. The next day, it was in all the Canadian papers about how I'd saved these two girls' lives. Then, the British press got hold of the story and it was in loads of papers back home. Both birds gave me a shag afterwards as a way to say thanks. It was definitely worthwhile going to their rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking monster! <laughs> what the? F- that doesn't. That's a fucking Beano cartoon, isn't it? That he just made up and put himself <laughs> in it. That's how he thinks he gets birds. Can't be real. That can't be fucking real. Well, <laughs> they're probably not thanking him by shagging him. He probably wanted to. Well, no, in the bowl shagging him. Wait, <laughs> what is that? The way you thank someone? Nay, that's not how you thank people for saving your life. No, I don't think it happened that. That's bollocks, isn't it? (laughs) 
But he just says it dead casual, like, yeah, that's because that's how the world works when, when you're naughty older. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe they was, like, so, like, amped up. They was like, we're alive, we're alive, can't believe it. And they just rush in with a new zest for life. They had to do something with it. And he just happened to be there with his, <laughs> with his stonk on. <laughs> Pointing at it. Yeah. Um, Gills, you know how... Um, you know how you're not burned to a crisp? <laughs> you know how I douse you in water? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck's that? Maybe there's like? something else you can get wet for us. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Jump on. <laughs> Everything's so like, simple in Noddy's land, isn't it? Everything's really <laughs> easy and simple and cartoon-like. Yeah, a bit dubious. A bit dubious about some of his claims here. Yeah, we're going to call bullshit on that one, aren't we? Yeah. But who knows? I mean, he doesn't seem like a liar. And he doesn't, he's not... Well, it's just that crazy shit happens. Yeah, and you'd imagine, you'd imagine crazy shit happening to him, Ozzy. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it's true. Who knows? Noddy, if you're Noddy. listening. Get in touch, man. Send us some proof of this. Because it sounds fucking mad. And did you shit on the German man after, or was it just the once? And did you smear the shit <laughs> into the glass for him? Or did you just bonk, plop it on the glass, do one? I want to know how much, I want to know how long this whole process took. Because if you just went donk and fucked off, then yeah, it's not it's not that big a deal. <laughs> no, no. I'd do that. <laughs> woke is Noddy older, woke. Well, let's play the fucking game. I've got the theme tune ready now. Right. Okay, here we go. Is he woke or So I'm not going to answer this. You you answer it first. You don't treat women that well. But it's not like it's not. There's no malice. It's just fucking dumb. Can't like in his head, everyone's enjoying life as much <laughs> yeah, as he is. Everyone. So if that is the case, if we take it at face value, everyone is having a great time. <laughs> Sex workers are just like you know, noshing him off and talking about the their kids and their struggle. That's that's what they wanted. But if if every word of it he says is true, then he's it, not really cancelled. I don't think he should be getting sex workers to. <laughs> Fuck him for nothing just because he got them in a gig when he's like got to know him and and like dragging this Japanese woman around. Just pointing at his dick. <laughs> no, man, we can't say he's woke. Is he fucking he's woke? Not woke? He's, he's absolutely not woke. He's from fucking 70s, Roxy. And <laughs> Is he cancelable? It's got to be. Got to be if he's not woke. <laughs> Cancel Noddy. Get fucking bin. <laughs> Noddy's cancelled. Sorry, everyone who we didn't likes wanna, him. We didn't want to do it. He seems like a lovely man. I think he's all right, but we've got to cancel him. He's done bad shit. Cancelled. Should we do another? Wait, did we find out how he lost his virginity? No, never mind about that. It doesn't matter about that. I told you about all <laughs> lot. Come on, man. I told you about so many other great things that I taught you. So many other great things about Noddy Older. You can't call me out on this. Noddy, if you're listening, can you tell us... Was you shitting on people in a bath your first sexual experience? Because if it was, we don't need no anymore. Um, but if you sh- if you shag someone before that, do let us know and we'll do a special on you. 
Oasis, Liam and Noel. Took fucking ages to find these. Obviously, they've not got any books. They've not written autobiographies. No, and I really want them to. I really fucking love Liam to do it. I'm constantly asking Liam on Twitter to do it. Have you done it? Have you asked it? Loads. Liam doing autobiography. A lot of people are always asking him, and he just says, nah, I'm no good with words, and I can't remember anything. Well, that's, yeah, that's (laughs) that's definitely right. You definitely would be, you'd read like Vanilla Ice's autobiography. Like a fucking toddler's written it. <laughs> That's why it'd be brilliant as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love it. And I'd love Noel to do one as well. But there's plenty of their own words to be looking at that where they've talked about shit. They've given a million interviews, haven't they? Yeah, and that's what these are from. They're from interviews. First off, Noel, what do you think his sex life is like? Oh, really dull. Once a fortnight. Lights out. Lights out. <laughs> Socks on. Why fronts down. Just seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Thank you very much, madame. And then um, back to the Game Boy. Cheeky wink. Burps. <laughs> Likes a sig. What about Liam? <laughs> What's Liam's sex life like? Uh, yeah, I bet, he's, I bet he's a bit more adventurous. What do you think of Oasis? I've got a funny relationship with Oasis because I've spent so long just hating them being pissed off at like when you're from Manchester and everyone's going on about them all the time and everyone who don't give a fuck about music is talking about them and so like as a person who likes decent music you're not allowed to like them anymore mm-hmm. and it's only recently I've kind of realised actually they've got loads of amazing tunes and like come to peace with them they're so, they're, they've gone a bit fell a bit out of favour now so much so I don't feel like I'm not allowed to dig them. Right, you think they've gone out of favour? I think their influence is massive among... Their influence is still massive, but culturally they're not as present as they were 20 years ago. That's true. They're more like the old guard. Like everyone, every other person you'd see in the street would look like they was in Oasis. Mm. When we were kids, when we were like 15, fucking... Yeah, we went watching them together. But I fucking, I didn't like it. It was full of dickheads. Mm. It's mad, isn't it? But, and I kind of like the fact that everyone likes them. And I like that about it. It's like a universal thing that runs for everyone. Like Especially in Manchester. Yeah, it's a football thing. And you're not into football, are you? You're not into no. It. I hate yeah. it when people talk to me about football. Can you believe they've signed fucking Algar? Who's um, <laughs> Algar? Well, exactly. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm meant to go... Yeah, I think they've spent a bit too much on him, to be honest. Do you they actually respond have... like that? Do you say that? <laughs> well, no, I'm meant to. Oh, right. Sometimes I do. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if I come back to them and go, oh, yeah, have you seen the new Lars von Trier film? Uh, what do you, what did you think of that ending? Fuck's von Trier. Um, but yeah, last, couple, last year or so, I've got really, really, really back into them. And I know the dickheads, and I know Noel especially is a real fucking dickhead. I kind of like Liam. I like I like his childlike dumbness. I don't like Noel, but then again, Noel wrote the songs. So you got to respect Noel, but it's complicated. It's a really complicated I, relationship I, with yeah, the band. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I was an Oasis fan, but I listen to them regular. They've got fucking bangers. Mm. 
But we're not here to... We're not here to talk about the bloody music, are we? We're here to talk about the dicks. <laughs> Get they, your dicks out, lads. What they do with the dicks. Get your dick out, Liam. Right, first story. This is an interview with Noel Gallagher and The Guardian from 1995. And this is a bona fide famous first time. We were at the girls' house bunking off school. And as we were upstairs having it, we heard this almighty commotion and there's this knocking at the front door. So we thought, sod that. And we carried on. So when we were finished, we looked out of the window and there was an ambulance. It turns out that the dustman had had an heart attack and dropped down dead on the front doorstep. He'd been knocking to try and get us to call a doctor. (laughs) Yeah, they've killed someone by, you know, not responding to an emergency and just doing what they're doing with the bits and pieces. So they're responsible for his death. In my eyes, Ian. If you have an heart attack, you don't just go knocking on someone's door. Oh, do you? If you're in a dustman. (laughs) What do you do then? Just sit there. Just accept it. Oh, well, I suppose now is my time. <laughs> I shall put down this bin outside Noel Gallagher's house and let the gentle moans lull me into the afterlife. <laughs> and I will soon be with my family. It's surely in the street, though. In the daytime, there's going to be someone walking around. I don't know. It just seems bollocks. It just sounds fucking bollocks to me, Okay, later in the same interview, Noel talks about Liam and the girls that they both get bothered by. Liam gets all these sex-starved young girls with big breasts, right? I get the psychopaths. One thinks she has written every Oasis song before I did. <laughs> Am I doing this too? This <laughs> is <laughs> super gay. <laughs> <laughs> One thinks that she has written every Oasis song before I did in her dreams. And after Supersonic, I know a girl called Elsa. She's into Alka Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed that though every Elsa in the land thinks it's about her. I'd just like to clear that one up. Elsa was a dog. Right. A Rottweiler. <laughs> <laughs> His, his songs are about fuck all. <laughs> yeah. Know a dog that's into Alcatraz? No, you don't. You don't know any fucking dogs that are into indigestion tablets. <laughs> Does give a little insight into kind of the kind of groupies they're getting. Like he's, he's just getting ones who blag him and do his adding. Liam gets all the good ones. Yeah. And he seems a little bit jealous, doesn't he? He seems a little bit pissed off. Yeah. It's not getting any knockers for bang around. Mm. I want blagging. big knockers. Oh, it's either knows a whinging twat, which he, which he probably is, but it is interesting to imagine him just being pissed off by bothered by nutters constantly. Yeah. Was Liam's just having a fucking great time shagging a load of girls? Okay, in 1996, Liam had an interview with a Spanish magazine called Bravo, and I'll do the interview questions, and I'll be Liam. What kind of women do you like? All of them. To me, every girl has something fascinating. I don't care if she's blonde, brunette or redhead. With me, every girl's got a chance. I sometimes prefer the ones that aren't so cute because they work harder in bed. (laughs) 
He says he smiles. I, I didn't know. I think that's what noise he makes when he smiles. <laughs> Have you always been a conquistador? And how? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says. It's been translated, so it's probably lost some in translation. Nah, he definitely says. And how? <laughs> At 14, I started into sex and I knew right away that it was for me. That, sadly, is all we've got on Liam's virginity story. That he lost it at 14, and he liked it. We don't know much more than that, except that he likes every girl ever. Good. They've all got something to offer. Yeah. Quite open-minded about that. Good on him? Yeah. Not so good on him, the comment after. The, one, <laughs> the ones that aren't so cute because they work harder in bed. That's a <laughs> shitty thing to say, isn't it? Okay, last one. This is... Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, this. So... Obviously, Liam and Noel haven't written a book, but Tony McCarroll, the original drummer on Definitely Maybe, he has written a book. It's fucking shit. It's really, really awful. It's Have we got his virginity story? Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to read it to you because it's fucking dire. <laughs> and he, he's dire. But this is a story about Liam having a shag and Tony was there. Tony's involved in it. And what I've done, I've done a, took a bit of artistic license and switched the characters. So it's from Liam's point of view. Really, But it's really Tony's words, but it's from Liam's point of view. <laughs> It's going to fuck off, man. This is what we're going to get. This is the best we're going to get. All right, so this is this is Liam's word. I mean, they went through the same experience. Everyone experiences the same thing in yeah. the same way, don't they? And they were good mates from Manchester. It'll be the th- Everyone's perspective on one thing is the same yeah. as another's. If you ask Liam about this story, what are, this exactly incident, it, these words would be the exact <laughs> ones that he says. I asked Tony if he wanted to come to an apartment that belonged to a girl we'd met earlier that evening. We called her Mary Poppins due to her high-class English accent. She was a model from Britain who decamped to New York. She was also an addict. Drugs, fame, alcohol, money, sex and danger. These were a few of her favourite things. <laughs> that's that's his Mary Poppins callback, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But he's got fucking Mary Poppins and Maria from Sound of Music mixed up. Oh, Liam wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah, we'll blame Tony. She lived in an old convey warehouse in Manhattan, right? Which, like her, had been around the New York scene since mid-80s. That night, she only had eyes for me. We headed to loft apartment and I vanished into the bedroom for a few minutes where I sowed my rock and roll seeds, then re-entered the main room. Flustered and agitated, fucking weirdo wanting me condom. She tried to stick a fucking label on it. The girl was sitting down talking about spiritual things. Then she unlocked a steel cabinet in the corner, which looked like a small fridge. From inside, she moved a number of items and held them up to the light. She was waving an handful of used condoms with the white labels attached. Tony was laughing and this agitated me more. What's on the labels? Tony asked Mary. Previous donors, came the reply. Each rubber had been labelled with the date and time of each donation, as well as the origin of it. The small fridge was keeping the juice loose, and it looked like Mary was planning to artificially create her own supergroup. I saw two labels that read Kurt Cobain and Nikki Six. By now, I was yanking at various locks on the enormous front door in order to escape. I was heaving them open and then, in a drug-induced panic, locking them again. The longer this went on, the crazier I was getting and the more Tony laughed. Eventually, we made off back to our hotel. 
Tony told me I should be proud of being held in such high company. I told him to fuck off. <laughs> I, I think all that's made up. I think Tony just added a fucking load of shit to his book. Fucking. Well, I was think I was thinking of it as Liam and just thinking Liam's just imagined this. <laughs> yeah. Liam's just had like a fucking bender and just hallucinated a load of fucking shit. But there's no way that some birds shagging Kurt Cobain, Nikki Six. And then getting Liam back. And keeping the jizz. In a fucking test jizz in the fridge. And it doesn't even work like that, does it? You, got, you, can't, you can't, I don't know, you can't store jizz all. It'll fucking crisp up. In a fridge? Don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> okay. We'll let you know next week. Yeah, well, let's jizz in a fucking test tube. Oh, we, ne- we never got back to the listeners about DMX's conflicts. Are they still there? Shit. <laughs> Forgot about them. Go and have a sniff, let us know. All right. Tell you next episode. Yeah, um, this story. It's just just pure fantasy. It's isn't pure, it? like completely made up, absolute bullshit. But who would they have as a drummer? Who's she going to shag for the drummer? Tony. <laughs> oh God, that's a like that could be a good band. That Liam singing, Kurt on guitar, Nicky is on bass. Is yeah. Nicky six bass? You don't want Tony fucking McCarroll on drums. <laughs> just like... <laughs> plodding away. Just plodding away. Ba-dum-bum. 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 That's what it would be. Jesus, do something. Can't play to this beat. That's the shit, Ringo. But imagine how many times that's happened to Tony. Standing out in a way, sees Liam gets shagged and Tony's just sat there in the front room waiting while Liam's shagging. So that, that image, I, I can really imagine that's true. But this fridge. Fridge full of famous jizz. No, not having it. Good story, though. Good fantasy story. Good, good, good fan fiction. Yeah, good, good weird fanfic about his mate. <laughs> <laughs> his actual mate. He's, kind of, he's, he's been taught right a book. He's like got fucking nothing. <laughs> that's his mate. I went home after every fucking gig. Oh... Uh, I got a tin of beans. So <laughs> fucking heated up with tin of beans. And uh, sometimes I sprinkle a bit of cheese on top. <laughs> you give, it, give it a bit of a kick. <laughs> you don't do anything more exciting. We'll give you we'll give you quarter of a million pound if you have story. Oh, oh yeah, just come to think of it. There was a fridge full of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about the Rihanna rumour with Noel Gallagher this week? No. This no, is literally this week, this week right, yeah, a couple no. of days ago. Rumours that Noel Gallagher has been shagging Rihanna. Can you imagine that? Can you picture them two together? Oh, they'd be a lovely couple. <laughs> this is definitely true. I bet she's tall. She wouldn't fucking touch him in the barge pole. She can have anyone she wants. And he's like fucking 50. Yeah, and she's Rihanna. One of the most famous adored women in the world. So that's not true either. Well, weird how that happened this week. Why, who's saying this then? Yeah, Noel Gallagher addressed his rumours in Jordan Fleng. I'll tell you exact words what he said. <laughs> this, is, this is Noel Gallagher's statement on the rumour. Not true. <laughs> but I wish her all the best. <laughs> I wish it was. And good luck to her, man. <laughs> good luck to her. Right. Bullshit scale on most of them. I think... I think the actual virginity and sex story they're talking about in the interviews, they're pretty true. Well, there's fuck all to them. We've got two... <laughs> fuck me, man. <laughs> Sorry. I sat here. Dirty, dirty bastard. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, that stinks as well. For fuck's sake. Shit. Is it going to come over here? Yeah.
I'm gonna should go outside. Oh, yeah, we'll finish this in a minute. <laughs> Fucking knob. Are they woke? Are these two woke? Should you do? Oh yeah, we've got to do the fucking. Here we go. You fired again, you dirty bastard. Is he woke or should he be cancelled? Is he a new man or not? Is he enlightened or is he a sex pest? Is he a bastard or what? No Gallagher. Gallagher. The Gallagher's. Does that, that smell you though? So I'm. I don't know. I'm. Yeah, they're woke. They're both woke. They don't objectify anyone. No, Liam. Liam does, but he's also open to anyone. Yeah, he's he's uh, accepted anyone. Even mingers. <laughs> of any shape, size, or mingingness. <laughs> so, um, fair play, like. Well, let's woke him. Woke. You woke. One of the very few woke ones yeah, we've done. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher. And Rick James. <laughs> and Rick James are all woke. And that's two, three virginity stories that uh, we've, we've brought to you in the first of the new series of Famous First Times. Yeah, three for the price of one. Except, do we actually know how any of these. Oh, it don't matter. <laughs> we've given we've give you some stories about when they were young and shagging. The first times that we know about and that we can find out about. Um, so, so yeah, we've done all right. Brilliant. Success. Good way to wrap it up uh, there, Dom. Yeah. <laughs> leave them wanting more. Leave, <laughs> leave on a high. Okay, thanks for listening. That's been episode one of series two of Famous First Times. I've been Dominic. I've been Ian. And make sure you click that subscribe button so you know about all the future episodes that are coming up. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. What are you doing? It's just boring this bit. Isn't it? <laughs> it's shit, isn't it? I'm sick of doing this outro stuff. Sick of this fucking right. podcast. <laughs> it's only episode one. Right, cheers, bye. Right, see ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>